Sex, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the speculative interdimensional vehicle, Sex in Space. Its mission, to explore new points of view, to seek out fresh opinions, to boldly go where so many have gone before, and still somehow manage to totally miss the point. Subscribe to Sex in Space, wherever quality podcasts are found. Hi, I'm Tim, and welcome back to Sex and Space, here continuing to explore sex across all of its infinite dimensions. Hope all is well for everyone out there. If this is your first time joining us, feel free to have a poke about. There's some cracking content in the back catalogue and more coming down the pipes in the next few episodes. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or something like that, first of all, thanks heaps. Secondly, just to let you know, a selection of our pods were recorded on video, either Zoom or in studio. And they're all available on our YouTube channel, should you so desire. That's at youtube.com forward slash at symbol sex and space. The goodness continues on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. And those handles are all sexandspace.com. That's all one word, sexandspace, D-O-T-C-O-M. And now on Twitter too, at sexandspace underscore pod. Weirdly, we love hearing from people who've listened to the podcast or engaged with our content. Feedback means the world to us. We're all on a journey and learning from each other, and of course, simultaneously seeking cultural and social approval. So be as honest as you want. Reach out in any which way, except unsolicited nudes, of course. We've got a great interview coming up, but I'll just steal 30 more seconds of your time to talk about our new book, The Organ Education Forgot. It's a little book about the clitoris. If only this book had been written when I was younger, said one Amazon reviewer. Insightful and informative, a fab read for vulva owners and their partners, said vulva owner and friend of the pod, Viv Conway, who's the co-founder of Girls Get Off, and the queen herself, Robin Salisbury, clinical psychologist, sex therapist, and founder of Sex Therapy NZ, said anything that helps people to be well-informed while not intimidating or shaming them which this book does beautifully, is a really valuable guide. So, check it out for yourself, guys. It's all about the clitoris, and it's available at sexandspace.com forward slash book. Spot prizes, too, for celeb spotting in the promotional video. Now, to the interview. Jane jumped in for an awesome chat on this one with Michelle Hardenbrook. She's a dynamic and thoroughly original online sex worker who's in the top 1% of earners on OnlyFans. And she's 71. Hope you enjoy. Let's dive in. So for the benefit of recording an introduction um, for our listeners, um, I'm talking today with Michelle, Michelle Hardenbrook, who's um, in beautiful, sunny California. And she is a gorgeous, dynamic, and thoroughly original online sex worker, um, hence being with us on our podcast. And she's got 60,000 followers on Instagram, last count. She's in the top 1% of earners on OnlyFans. For listeners who aren't familiar, OnlyFans is an internet content subscription service used by a wide range of content creators, including famous musicians, physical fitness experts, and lovely people like Michelle who are sex workers. And Michelle, perhaps a little less usually, 
you also happen to be in your 70s. So welcome. We are really excited to have you with us on Sex in Space to talk okay, to us about you said I, I also happen to be what? In your 70s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be 72 uh, this year. So you basically, when you um, started sex work, it was um, more in person through massage. Yeah, we talked about that. Talk, talk us through right. your um, the early days. What, what was it that even um, had you thinking that might be a viable thing for you to do? Well, I had moved from Seattle to California to San Diego. A company had hired me and paid to move me down there. And um, eight months later, suddenly I'm unemployed, living in Southern California, where my rent and utilities were $4,700 a month. Ouch. And I was uh, 50, almost 56 years old. And yes, I looked for work. And the uh, the only job offer I got was um, a beginning secretary job at $10 an hour. And that was not even going to pay my electricity bill. And I was talking to somebody, a, a new friend that I'd met there you know, about my dilemma. And it's like, well, I may just have to move back to Seattle, which I didn't want to do. Hmm. I did 40 years in the rain and I kind of like the sunshine, (laughs) you know? So he said to me, well, why don't you do full body sensuous massage with happy endings? And I said, well, that sounds nice. What is it? Yeah. Because I had not had sex in 12 years and did not have a clue uh, about anything having to do with sex workers. In fact, the only reference point I had uh, for sex work would be like on the old show, Miami Vice with oh, Don yeah. Johnson and the Streetwalkers. That is the only impression I had right, of what a sex worker was. And, and yes, that is a sex worker. Yeah. Okay. But sex work is a great big area. You know, it covers a lot of territory. And so um, he told me what it was, uh, a full body sensuous massage with happy endings. He told me what it was. And I said, well, hell, I could do that. And and he said, well, I'm sure you can. And I I had no idea how much to charge. Uh, I didn't know where to advertise because he told me. Right. And it was on Craigslist, which now Craigslist, you can't post anything having to do with sex or meeting or anything. But at in that point in time, because that was in 2007, um, you could put, post on Craigslist and it was free. Right. So the advertising cost no money. Perfect. And so I ordered a massage table from Amazon.com and some massage oil and uh, put an ad on Craigslist. And in four days, I had 25 appointments. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I thought. And, and it's like, okay, fine, Michelle, stop and think about this for a second. Okay, you've established two things. The first is there's a market for a woman who's almost 56 years old. And second, 25 appointments in four days is too many. Right. And so I took three days off and I built myself a business plan. I decided how much money I needed to make every month, divided it by my hourly rate. And that's how many clients I had to see 
in that month. And I would keep a, a calendar um, so that every day I knew exactly how much money I had earned. I'm going to show you my calendar. I still keep the same calendar. Right. Cool. I've got it. I've got them all the way back to 2007. Wow. And yes, it's for tax purposes, but it's just for me, it's a really good way for me to know financially where I am today. Right. As opposed to where I need to be, you know, in a few days. Yeah. To make sure there's enough money in the bank to cover whatever's going to be coming out. Yeah. And a lot of ladies that are that do sex work uh, kind of don't have a, a business sense. Mm. Uh, I don't know if they just don't think of it as a business. I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, you know, the money comes in and then they spend it right away. And they have absolutely no idea how much money they've earned so far. Mm. And they only know that, you know, when it comes down to the 29th of the month, oh, my God, I've got to get the rent. Right. And it's like, well, what did you do with all the money you already earned? Hmm. Oh, well, you see my nails? Oh, they were only $275. Have you lost your fucking mind? <laughs> yeah. Go down the street and for 28 bucks, you can get the exact same thing. You know? Yeah. And so, I, yeah, for all these years, this is even though I'm doing OnlyFans now. So with OnlyFans, I take a daily uh, check. From OnlyFans. Every day, first thing I do is I go to the statement page, see how much money is in there that I can take out, and it goes straight to my bank account. Right. And so every day I put something in my day book. That's how much money I earned and from where, because I also get paid on my website. And <clears throat> I'm on Pornhub now, which is something I didn't want to do, but that's a different, a different story. And so you described yourself to me when we first met as technically challenged and yes. um, yet you are on OnlyFans and you have this massive Instagram following. How did you see the online space as an opportunity? Uh, prior to COVID, uh, when I was living, I had moved from, from San Diego to New Orleans. And so I was working as an escort in New Orleans. And I, I, cer I certainly can use a computer. And once Craigslist um, got shut down, so we couldn't advertise there, then an alternative had to be found. And I'm excellent at research. Okay. I know how to use the internet to find out anything you want to know. Oh, cool. <laughs> and I mean, it's that and oral sex are my two skills. Perfect. Okay. And so um, I start advertising on uh, Backpage. And so once I figured out, you know, the basic uh, advertising sites, uh, then there's a level of comfort I get to. Okay. Like, oh, okay. I understood Craigslist. I understood Backpage. And I do sort of have an attitude like, I can learn anything. Right. I can. In 2007, I decided I was going to build myself a desktop computer. Really? Without any kind of training at all. And I did it because I was watching something on television about that. And 
<laughs> the implication was it was a man's field. Uh. And that rubbed my fur the wrong way. <laughs> Brilliant. And I thought, well, I can build a computer. If a man can do it, of course I can do it. Yeah. And I mean, I love men. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But it's like a lot of times they get opportunities that women don't get. So when the FBI closed down Backpage here in the United States, um, all of the ladies that were in the sex industry uh, really went into a panic as to how are we going to advertise our services? I remembered at that point in time that I had a Twitter account. I'd never used it, didn't know how to use it, you know, but people kept talking about Twitter. And, and so I went on my Twitter account and kind of started looking around Twitter and figured, you know what? I probably can advertise here. Mm. And, you know, I only had, you know, at that point, maybe 100 followers. But I started advertising my escort services, not explicitly, but, mm. you know, they got the general picture. Right. Um, they're on Twitter. And at the same time, I was also advertising on a site called... Um, adults.com something like that mm -hmm. and as far as I was getting um I was getting better at Twitter because Twitter boy there's a learning curve there right uh you, you have to learn it and there's there's rules of course they're uh not as severe now as they were uh but there are rules posting guidelines that you have to follow and and so I tried to familiarize myself with that just before the governor shut down our state for COVID. I had gone into the hospital to have surgery. And since I knew I was going into the hospital to have surgery, I had to make a plan of how I'm going to earn money while I'm recovering from abdominal surgery for six weeks. Right. Because clearly I cannot have clients coming over mm. um, because I was having a mass removed from my left ovary and my left ovary was removed. and and so actually a client of mine suggested several different sites uh -huh. online where I could possibly earn some, um, like a side hustle. Right. And uh, a couple of, I, I checked all of them out. And the things I was interested in is how much of the amount of money that I earn are you going to take from me? Right. What's your cut? And what are your demands? Because there are sites out there that will only let you have an account if you uh, promise that you will post a, a certain number of videos right. and or photos per week. Right. Well, I can't make that kind of a commitment. I got right. other things to do. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so I found OnlyFans. I like their their terms of use. I like the fact that they only take 20%. I like the fact that I didn't have to post if I didn't want to. And so who would you describe as your primary audiences? Jane, I have no, no idea. Seriously, I, I have no idea. Hmm. Uh, I know fellow sex workers like me. 
uh, because I'm helpful to them. Normally in the sex worker world, uh, women are pretty um, mean, okay? If you ask a sex worker for some help, you know, helping, you know, um, decide, you know, what services you're going to, uh, to offer or at what rate or safe locations to work, you know, or even how to shave your pussy so that it's really smooth, okay? That sex worker is going to either ignore you or tell you to fuck off. Right. Because they seem to think that we're all in competition with one another. Mm. And we're not. The thing we have in common is we are all women and we are all sex workers. But I can tell you that probably 95% of the men that came to visit me are not the least bit interested in somebody that is uh, 30 years or younger. Right. They come to see me because they want to be with a mature woman. And do they tell you why? Oh, yes. Because there's a lot of drama with the younger women. Ah. And a lot of times with the younger women, they have pimps. Right. And they want to avoid that. Mm. And... um, I don't blame them. I mean, I've had pimps contact me and and want, you know, me to go, uh, you know, work with them. And, you know, I'll let them talk, you know, and ask them, well, what is it that you have to offer me? Yeah. Oh, I can do them. Really? And how will you do that? Mm -hmm. Well, you'll be seeing twice as many guys as, as you're seeing now. Yeah. Okay. And what will you get out of it? I only have to get half. So in other words, I'll be doing twice as much work and I'll be making exactly the same amount of money that I'm making now without you. Yeah. How is this a good thing for me? And they get offended. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like, lady, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you understand this? And it's like by by the definition of pimp is a man that doesn't want to work. Okay. Yeah. Because if he had any self-respect, he'd be out there earning his own money, not expecting some woman to lay on her back and service uh, strangers and then give him half her money. Yeah. You know, what the hell is wrong? Yeah, I don't even get it. And mm. I, well, I feel bad for the, for the women that believe the bullshit, yeah. you know, coming out of the mouths of these, these guys. And sometimes they're scared. And I understand that, especially if they're young. Yeah. You know, I'm a firm believer that really, honestly, I don't think that anybody ought to be in sex work until they're over the age of 30. Because you really don't have a whole lot of good grasp on life in general. Until you reach about 30. Mm. And even then... I mean, I realized at 40 that I not only did not know all of the answers in life, I didn't even know what all the fucking questions are, (laughs) okay? (laughs) It's like, and the older I get, the more I realize there's still stuff to learn. Mm. Just about living. Yeah. You know, and how to get through. 
you know, and, and I'm grateful for all the experiences that I've had, because, you know, the one thing that I have learned in my life, don't panic. Hmm. When, when life hits you in a certain way that your gut reaction is to like clinch up and go into full panic mode. Don't. Yeah. Just wait. That's good Do advice. Nothing. Yeah. Because anything you will do is going to be a reaction to what just happened. Yeah. And normally speaking, from my own experience, I can't speak for anybody else. Normally speaking, it would have been a bad choice. <laughs> so do nothing. Yeah, yeah. Just bring it out. Very, very sage advice. I, I didn't realize until I got much, much older that I have always been looking for safety. Ah. And um, each of my husbands was married, from my perspective, trying to get to safety, trying to feel safe, protected, and loved. And, um, you know, I had four uh, distinctly different husbands in four distinctly different ways. Like the first one, uh, we never even, well, actually, there's only one of my four husbands that I actually ever went on a date with. Wow. Uh, But with my first husband, we were involved in a religious cult. Oh, okay. And the the elders of the church basically stood up in a meeting one day and said, there's so many unmarried young people here. They saw the potential to promiscuity or whatever. So uh, uh, we need some young people to get married. Wow. And I happened to be assigned to his vehicle to go to a conference, a church conference in Los Angeles. So we were driving from Seattle to Los Angeles. And. And he said something to me when we were at a gas station and whatever it was, he said, I didn't like it. And he said, you're a sister. I'm a brother. You have to do what I say, whether you like it or not. Well, I didn't like that at all. And I told him I don't like that at all. He goes, you better be careful. You'll end up married to me. And that's exactly what happened. I ended up married to him. And he told me the day before we got married, I do not love you. The only reason I'm marrying you is so I can have sex because that's not allowed unless you're married. Right. Okay. And I basically thought, well, but if you trade me that for security, you know, then maybe it's a decent bargain. Hmm. And. Probably two weeks after we got married, he came home from work and he said, I quit my job. Ah. You quit your job? Why? Well, I heard a rumor that they were cutting the funding for my job. And I thought, and so you quit your job because of a rumor? Mm. Well, what are you going to do now? And, you know, he just thought, well, I was working, I could support him. So your first experience, were you 
when you went into that relationship, had you had sex before? No, I was a virgin. So your first experience of sex was as a trade? Basically, yeah. Wow. And it was like um, the very first time I had sex, I had an orgasm. Wow. I, I didn't know what it was. Okay. But he had been married before, so he knew, you know, what had happened. Right. And he said, well, it's clear you're not a virgin. You enjoyed that way too much. Mm-hmm. Nice, huh? Lovely. Hey, I got my son out of that deal. And, you know, and so. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, and I love my son. I mm-hmm. mean, he is my life. And it's like, that's the price I had to pay. Hmm. But I got my son. And so with your attitude to um, or, or your experience of um, sex workers, just like from the movies or a TV show and um, the life that you lived, where did you gain the sexual experience that you bring into the videos you make? Because they're delightful. They're explicit. You know, <laughs> they're very explicit. They're real, honey. <laughs> they're very real. And it's using... Um, toys and terminology that's really kind of very um, well informed where did you educate yourself about sex I was 19 years old before I knew about erections and then yeah. only because a friend of mine gave me a copy of the book everything you ever wanted to know about sex but were afraid to ask oh yeah yeah I had no damn clue yeah because when my mom gave me the little talk she left out the part about erections. Yeah. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out how that floppy thing <laughs> would go into a vagina. Yeah. I I couldn't figure it out. Well, it's because it's not floppy anymore. <laughs> now it's stiff. So of course it'll go in. I've read a lot of books. Hmm. And and the reason I would read a lot of books about sex is I felt like I was there was something here that I was missing. Okay. And and I and I couldn't figure out what it was and and how to get it and i mean i literally had to had to buy a book when i was 28 years old it was called for yourself a, a woman's guide to masturbation and it was written by a a, a woman gynecologist huh. i had to buy that book in order to learn how to masturbate because i had no idea Hmm. And and even though I followed her instructions, kind of nothing happened. Right. And it's like, uh, okay, so am I dormant? <laughs> you know, <laughs> does something need to bloom? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I didn't know. And and um, so when I was 28, I was working in a real estate office, and um, for Christmas that year, they passed around a gift catalog, and you know you could pick uh, the gift that you wanted out of the things that they had. And so there was this this back massager that fit into the palm of your hand, and I thought, I wonder. <laughs> so I ordered it. Perfect. And I remember when it arrived in the mail, and I I took it home and I plugged it in. And I just laid it right on my labia. Okay. Didn't spread anything, just laid it. And in two seconds, I had an orgasm. And I thought, okay, that's what they're talking about. 
Mm. <laughs> okay. Okay. I get it. <laughs> and so, but, you know, and I used that until it, that vibrator died. And by that point in time, I think I was married to my third husband. And so like when I was 32, I bought my next vibrator. And so my, the one I had from the time I was 32 until I was uh, almost 70. Wow. The cord, the cord was really brittle. Oh, okay? wow. <laughs> and it kept breaking. The cord did. And so I'd be holding the vibrator, you know, masturbating. And the damn thing would be shocking me. Oh, <laughs> no. So, that sounds so unsafe. I put electrical tape around it and stuff. And finally I said, oh, hell, I'm just going to replace it. So I went on to Amazon. And that brand, which is Oster, and, and Oster makes toasters and blenders and all kinds of things. And uh, currently I'm using a heavy-duty Oster back massager. The damn thing weighs probably five pounds. And it's not easy to hang on to the thing, you know, in order to put it on my clip in just the right place so that I can actually have an orgasm. And then when I film with that, it takes up the whole area. Okay. <laughs> All you see is the back end of that thing. And so I really do have to find another uh, vibrator that's got enough, oomph, you know, that's small enough so that when I'm filming my content, um, they don't just see the machinery. I feel you like know. there's a really good gig here for you where you should put that call out to the makers of vibrators and then film yourself testing the various options and deciding which one's best. So to all those people running vibrator companies out there, the challenge is on. Send Michelle. <laughs> okay, message Michelle, get in touch, send her your gear yeah. and and she yeah. can do the vibrator test. That would be awesome. I've had um a couple of different people contact me on Twitter, you know, that they have a, an Amazon store offering me sex toys, hmm. you know, so that's a really a good idea. I get so many weird messages from guys every day. Ah. Um, you know, I mean, like on Instagram, Instagram drives me out of my mind because it seems like every second guy that messages me on Instagram fully expects that I will send them sex videos for free. Right. Because I post a lingerie picture. Right. And, 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 or on Twitter, I'll get somebody, will send me a direct message. And the only thing in the message is a picture of their erection. <laughs> right. And what, what I do with those is I try to teach some basic manners. And I write back and I say, on what planet? Is it appropriate to introduce yourself to a woman with a picture of your erect penis? And, you know, I never get a response. Oh, that. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure that they're just quite shocked. It's like, and, and, and uh, other times, you know, they'll message me a couple of different things and it's just fine. Hi, how are you? And then the dick picture comes. Right. And I don't do anything. I just don't even respond. So then they will message me again. Well, what do you think about my dick? The pat answer is every man has one. And every man loves the dick he was given because it does magical things. <laughs> and it's like I, I can appreciate the fact that you just love your penis. But you know what? I have seen at least 10,000 of them. 
And I can tell you that they're all pretty much the same. (laughs) And so you might as well have been sending me a picture of your arm. Because this is not going to do a damn thing for me. Mm. A lot of guys worry about, are they normal? Are they the right size, the right shape, the right, you know? What would you say to that? um, I would say that whatever you've been given is the right dick for you. I really think the average size dick is the ideal dick. And the reason I think that is for me personally, it hits the G spot. You know, if it's if it's uh, too much longer, um, it goes right past the G spot and hits another area. And while it feels nice, it's not quite the same. And if you're too big around, well, that's just painful. Yeah. For me. And of course, why is it that these guys that have these huge monster dicks, they all want to, you know, fuck you up the ass. And, you know, I, after I did my second porn movie, professional porn movie, and I was wrecked in that area, well, I just stopped doing anal. And I had so many clients that would say, well, you used to do anal. Yes, I did. Well, you know, why can't we do it now? And I'd always say, okay. And I'd run and get a dildo. And I said, I'm going to put this dildo up your ass. (laughs) And if you can stand it, then you can put your dick up mine. Well, no, they don't want to do that. Uh But it did get the point across. Yeah. You know, a lot of times with these guys, it's like, well, I'm paying for it. I ought to be able to get what I want. No. You're paying for my time. Right. And you are using my time. Yeah. And so, you know, any kind of activities that, you know, we might be engaging in is by mutual consent. Yes. And if one of us is not consenting, it ain't happening. And yeah. And so I'm kind of glad that I'm not in the in-person type of sex work now. But back to the dick question. The, The size and shape comes in lots of varieties. You know, it can go straight out, it can go out and up, it can go out and down, it can lean to the left, it'll lean to the right, and it's all fine, as long as it's not painful for the guy, or painful for the person he's with, be it male or female, then it's fine. You know, the ones that are straight are easier, you know, to actually work with. But, you know, if you got to have a curved dick, one that curves up is real nice because, again, the G-spot. Ah, yes. You know, it's like, that's my favorite spot. Well, next to the clit anyway. So, but I don't get to, like, uh, oral sex, and I, I love oral giving it. Receiving it, I never received it until I was in sex work. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, late bloomer. And cannot figure out for the life of me what it is that triggers an orgasm through oral sex with me. Can't figure it out. And so in the 13 years that I was a sex worker, I only had an orgasm through oral sex 18 times. Hmm. And three of those times was with the same guy in the same session. Wow. And, you know, that's not happened uh, again. And uh, my boyfriend and I were still working on this. He goes, what am I doing wrong? You are not doing anything wrong. Because one of the things that happens when you get older as a female is um, 
you lose sensitivity in the clitoris. And I could take something like Viagra mm. and that would bring the blood flow back in. Um, but, you know, if you spend enough time, then that might be the solution, mm. you know, because I have done some research on this and, and I keep telling them, it's not you, honey, it's me. You know, yeah. I'm not taking I'm just saying that, you know, when you're 71, that your clit doesn't respond the same way it did when you were 28. And that's it just true for men as well, right? It is, you know, um, men get really upset because as they get older, their erections are not quite as firm and their orgasms are not as strong. Yeah. And. What I always would talk to my clients about, because, you know, they would confess this stuff with me and uh, because they couldn't talk to their wives about it. And I would just tell them, I said, you know what, there's no such thing as a bad orgasm. Mm -hmm. There are some that are better than others. And I personally like the kind that just take the top of your head off. But I'll take any orgasm I can find. And so instead of focusing on what you no longer have. Hmm. Try focusing on what you still can do. Completely. <laughs> you know, and a lot of guys don't realize that they can still have an orgasm after they've had uh, prostate cancer. True. Because they're focused on erections hmm. and ejaculation. Mm -hmm. Well, that that that's two things that kind of go hand in hand with the guy's sex life. This is true, but. I had a client that came to see me that had had uh, prostate cancer and had been in remission for like three years. And he just came to see me for a massage. And I said, you don't want a happy ending? And he said, well, I had prostate cancer, so I can't get hard anymore. Mm. And I said, you don't need to be hard to have an orgasm. And he said, but, but I can't, I can't ejaculate. And I said, you don't need to ejaculate to have an orgasm. No, that's right. And he goes, you're kidding me. And I said, I'm not kidding you. And I said, I can show you. And he goes, okay. So he rolled over on his back and I took him in my mouth and I, it took about two minutes maybe. And then I felt the throbbing. And he goes, oh my God, I had no idea. Oh, bless. I had a guy once that came to see me and he, he wanted me to, do cock and ball torture. And, and I happen to have this little, it's a handheld steel spiked wheel. And you run it up and down the dick and on the balls and it, it, it hurts. Okay. And I asked him during this session, I said, why in the world do you want this done? You know, I because see, I don't get it. I, I, I don't judge, but I don't understand. And he said, oh, well, I had prostate cancer 10 years ago, and um, I was trying to find ways where I could get aroused, you know, to, like, satisfy my sexual urges. And I said, why don't you just masturbate? And he says, well, I had prostate cancer. And I said, yeah, mm. you can still have an orgasm. And again, he says, you're kidding me. And I said, no, I can show you. And so again, with the oral sex, and he has an orgasm. He came back a second time, and, 
and we didn't do the cock and ball torture this time. He just wanted the oral, you know, to make sure that it wasn't a fluke. <laughs> okay. And then I told him, I said, you can do this, not oral, but you could do this yourself. Yeah. I said, just make sure that, you know, you have like oil, you know, something that's a good lube that will stay on the surface of the dick. And I, I showed him how to, to hold his dick between these two fingers, you know, and press it into his groin. Yeah. So that way he could have a really good handle on it. Yeah. And I said, so see, it doesn't need to be hard. You just need to stroke it. The parts that, that give the orgasm are still there. Yeah. You know, it's your dorsal nerve. All you have to do is stimulate that and your dick will respond. And, you know, it's like, well, I lost him as a client. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay, you know, because he gets to come and that's the whole point. What would you? What advice would you have to people who don't understand sex work um, in terms of how they might want to think about sex workers, people who are trying to be open-minded, but with no the information? Thing, the first thing I would say is sex work is work. It's a job. It is not a personality trait. It isn't um, the definition of your character. I mean, it's like if someone said, so-and-so is an attorney. Well, you're not going to jump to all kinds of weird uh, conclusions about his lifestyle or her lifestyle based on the fact that he or she or they or them is an attorney. Mm-hmm. But you do that with sex workers. It's like, okay, it is intimate work. I get that. But it is work. Honey, I'm not after your man. <laughs> I'm only after the fee for my yeah. time. That's the bottom line. Yeah. I have no interest in your husband. I will never message him. I will never call him on the phone. I will never ask him for a thing. I'm not taking anything away from you. Do you know, the other side hustle you might want to think about is I'm reminded of, um, when you talked earlier about having good advice for younger sex workers. Yeah. Um, you could potentially set up to do that. Pragmatic, straightforward, how to shave your pussy so it's smooth, how mm -hmm. to be comfortable with anal, any of the kind of stuff that they haven't got a clue at the beginning about maybe, or how to keep yourself safe. I don't know. Maybe there's a hustle in there. That is a good idea because if, if that had been available to me, boy, it would have made my journey so much easier because I had to learn on my own. Right. Now I have women contacting me all the time you know, wanting to know, you know, how to set up their OnlyFans or how come they're not making the kind of money I'm making, you know, and I, I go to their OnlyFans page and, you know, and the, the first thing I look at is what they have listed. Because on my OnlyFans page, at the top of it, you have the number of photographs I have, the number of videos I have, the number of people that have liked my stuff, and the number of fans, paying fans that I have. 
So any person going to my OnlyFans page right there on that front, before they sign sign up for anything, they can see what they're getting. Right. You know, for the price. What's in the tin. Exactly. And so a lot of these women don't want to put that kind of information up. They might have something like they have 17 posts, you know, P-O-S-T-S. And it's like 17 posts of what? You want $14.99 for seven, a month for 17 posts. Well, what are the posts about? Yeah. You know, are you reading nursery rhymes? <laughs> uh, erotically. You know? Are you cooking some spaghetti and meatballs? You know, <laughs> yeah. what is it? And yeah. it's like, why, why are you people hiding yeah. what it is you're doing? Yeah. What is the purpose of that? I don't get it. That's why I'm just so out there. And and people are saying, you actually work under your real name? Yes, I actually do. You know, because I've had this name for a number of years now, and I remember it. You know, and it's like <laughs> it's a phony name. My God, I'd have to write it down someplace. And oh, then remember that's brilliant. It. <laughs> and so I know who I am, and I'm not, I am not ashamed of what I do. It's been a huge honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much, Michelle. We won't lose touch. Oh, I hope not. Hmm. You know, let's do this again sometime. Okay. What the hell? All right. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Really hope you enjoyed that one. Check Michelle out on the socials and at her website. Just a quick reminder to check out our book at sexandspace.com forward slash book or search for The Organ Education Forgot on Amazon. Leave us a like or a follow or a comment or a review wherever you're beaming in from and we'll see you on the next one.